4: at your service on the air tonight from our downtown studios I'm Nate Gatter with you on this Tuesday evening we'll be joining you all the way until 10 o'clock for uh, as Matt Pauly hinted at the tail end of sports open line a sports centric at your service coming your way this evening going to be talking a lot of St. Louis City in this uh, first hour Primarily uh, coming up, we'll have uh, the interview that Bradley Carnell did uh, yesterday with Tom Ackerman for KMOX. We'll talk to Charles Boehm of MLSsoccer.com at the bottom of the hour. And then uh, Nico Joachini, striker for St. Louis City, will join us at 845. Later on in the second hour, we'll be talking a little bit of uh, St. Louis Battle Hawks before the Battle Hawks home opener coming up this weekend. They're already off to a 2-1 and one start, but they began with three games on the road. They'll be playing at the Dome for the first time in this iteration of the XFL this weekend. Then we'll talk to Mark Schreiber of the St. Louis Sports Commission uh, a little bit about uh, what happened this past weekend, sort of a sports bonanza, really an event bonanza in downtown St. Louis. And uh, maybe talk a little bit of St. Louis Billikins as well before uh, the Billikins hit the floor this week in the Atlantic 10 tournament. But uh, start with St. Louis City. I think that's really been the story in this city over the last few days. Uh, a city uh, really over the last few weeks... You know, we knew that city, I think anybody here in this city at least, knew that St. Louis City would live up to the off-the-field hype, if you will. That that was all generated by just how strong the interest is in this market for soccer. was talking about it with Matt Pauley on Sports Open Line, that, that this is the most important thing, I think, to understand is that the, the traditional way of talking about it, that somehow MLS is expanding to a new market Just doesn't really work for St. Louis. Obviously, Major League Soccer, the league, is coming to a new market. Soccer in the United States is not coming to a new market in St. Louis. St. Louis is American soccer. And we knew this. We knew that there was not going to be any shortage of interest. We knew that the people here, that the soccer roots run deep. We knew that the sports roots run deep. And I think this provided an opportunity to combine some of the older generations that have been supporting soccer nationwide for decades and decades with some of the younger generations who maybe were already playing and and playing their part in that that soccer culture of St. Louis, but maybe have been introduced to the game as it's become much more popular with younger generations over the last decade or so, as the European game has taken hold. In the United States, in particular, since uh, NBC got the rights to to air the Premier League and it became the English Premier League became so much more accessible in the United States, including in St. Louis. It was an opportunity to marry all of those individuals and then bring into the fold some additional folks who I think fair weather fans has a negative connotation, but who are going to be drawn in, maybe are not passionate sports fans, certainly not passionate soccer fans, but are going to be drawn in by all the trappings of this new team, of this new stadium, of the promise of tomorrow and of next year and of next decade of what could come in St. Louis as a result of this club. And it, it is really a beautiful thing. Sports ultimately, sometimes we do a lot of gatekeeping in sports having to do with you know the fans who have been around from the beginning. And I'm sure we'll see this with City. Some of the great fans, and they deserve a lot of credit, the hundreds if not thousands of people who are coming out at Herman Stadium at SLU. They were coming out in Edwardsville at SIUE to watch St. Louis City two games last year when, when City's development team played an entire season before City launched in MLS. And they deserve a lot of credit for having been there from the beginning. The, the bonds that were built between the hardcore supporters and some of the players who were even around during that time and with the club before even kicking off in MLS were significant. And, and that's not something to be dismissed. I hope that those people and the, and the hardcore soccer people, that soccer community that has existed in St. Louis with STLFC, with the St. Louis Stars, with the Ambush, with the Steamers, and far back going to the 1950 World Cup team, going through those dominant St. Louis Billikins teams of the, the latter part of the, of the 20th century. I mean, are, there is so much credit to be given to those people. But the most beautiful thing that can happen in sports is when the people who don't care that much start to care. When those people get welcomed into the fold, because that's when it becomes a community event. That's when it transcends the field, it transcends the court, and it becomes about community. And that is ultimately the best thing that can happen, and we need that in St. Louis. This is a city that needs sports to be more than sports. Because it's one of the best things we have going for us, and we're going to talk about that. More in the, in the second hour when we talk to Mark Schreiber in the St. Louis Sports Commission talking about what St. Louis City have done f- has done already for downtown West. St. Louis City, as a club, has the most sweeping mandate of any team that has joined Major League Soccer. And it's not even close because their mandate goes far beyond winning, which they're doing, by the way. Played two games and won them both, something that only three other expansion teams in the history of Major League Soccer have done. They're going beyond that. Their mandate extends to restoring St. Louis as the soccer capital of the United States, its rightful place. And it extends beyond that to revitalizing downtown West, an area that we need to connect a downtown that needs a little bit of revitalization of its own with the vibrant areas of our city in the Central West End and in Midtown. And being a place that people can come and gather. And downtown West is getting there already. City Park is a gorgeous stadium. Close to a half-billion-dollar private investment. The voters of St. Louis said, we're holding out. We're not going to subsidize this stadium. And they didn't have to. They got an ownership group that took care of it for them. It's a gorgeous stadium. And they're getting investment already in the area. The bars and the restaurants. And those kinds of things are going to make downtown West a destination in our city So St. Louis City has a club under an enormous amount of pressure for a Major League Soccer team. Now, they had a lot of time to prepare. They got an extra year in the end because of COVID, pushing things back by a year. But an incredible mandate that extends so far beyond the field. And then, by the way, at some point, you got to put a winning product on the field. And City are going to try to become, this weekend in Portland, just the second Major League Soccer expansion team ever to win their first three games. It's going to be maybe their toughest test so far, Portland, a very difficult place to play. One of the most difficult in Major League Soccer. Providence Park is an incredible atmosphere. One of the only, probably the only place in the world, I would think, where there is regularly a working chainsaw in the building. And this is going to be a big test on the road. But so was Austin. That's a difficult environment. One of the most feared already in Major League Soccer, even though they're only in their third season. And City won their 3-2. And then the party of coming home on Saturday. And Lutz Van this morning, the sporting director, said it over the weekend when he was doing his Bundesliga commentary on ESPN. He said it's going to be a party win or lose. People have been waiting years, decades, generations for a sustainable top flight soccer team in St. Louis. So it was going to be a party no matter what. But why not win it? And they go a gold down. They've won both games coming from behind. And in the end, they win comfortably three one. And sure, you can say that they've been fortunate. And we'll talk about this as uh, as we go on this evening, and, and when we talk to Charles Boehm, uh, there are plenty of people saying City have been fortunate. Two of their six goals that have popped in the back of the net have been off errant back passes from opposing defenders in the first two games. There is good fortune in that, but it's the City press, and we talked about it last year during the City Two season. They're going to give up a lot of possession. City in the home opener had only 39% of the ball. Charlotte possessed the ball 61% of the time. That is a wide gap, a very wide gap. Yet City took 11 shots to Charlotte's six, and five of them were on target to Charlotte's three. They completed barely 60% of the passes Charlotte did in the game at a substantially lower accuracy, and they had more chances, and they won the game. That is the press working. That's my opinion anyway. We'll hear what Charles has to say. I mean, I'm really interested to get his take and, and to see what he thinks about these first couple of results for City. And I think there will be a lot of people who say, okay, prove it in Portland, which is reasonable enough. And it's a somewhat hobbled Portland side. They have a, a number of their high-profile players uh, out with injury at the moment. So we'll see. I, I think it's going to be a really interesting Saturday, and there are going to be a lot of eyes on that game. Um, we had talked in the lead-up about it. it's one thing to be so excited about everything that's going on with city. It's going to be interesting to see when they get punched in the mouth. And when we start to have real conversations, right? Because nobody who's a Cardinals fan or a blues fan just comes in every day and says, how amazing it is. Is it that we have a major league baseball team or that we have an NHL team when the Cardinals lose three or four games in a row, people aren't sitting around talking about, Oh, we're just happy to have a team, right? At some point you got to have the real conversation. City haven't forced it to have any of those yet. So we'll see. We're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from Bradley Carnell and how he's feeling, the uh, head coach of St. Louis City SC, after a couple of wins to start the season, 3-2 over Austin and 3-1 over Charlotte. He sat down with Tom Ackerman. That's coming up next. Stay with us. You're listening to At Your Service on KMOX.
1: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix,
4: We continue on At Your Service here on a Tuesday night on KMOX with you until 10 o'clock tonight. Nate Gatter with you. Matt Pajeski is in our downtown studios with you, with me. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Promised to an interview with uh, St. Louis City SC head coach Bradley Carnell. He talked yesterday with uh, Tom Ackerman here on KMOX after City's 2-0 start.
6: City Park, 22,423 strong in downtown west to see St. Louis City SC win again, beating Charlotte 3-1. to I'm coming to you from Cardinal Spring Training in Jupiter, Florida. They have trained here. They have trained in California. They knew that they could compete with MLS franchises, and now they're 2-0, the fourth expansion team to do that in MLS's history. And joining us is the head coach of City Bradley Carnell. Coach, congratulations. What a moment for your team to do it at home.
7: Hey there, Tom. Yeah, what a moment. And, uh, yeah, it's just a total wild party over the weekend. And, uh, you yeah, know, we have Monday morning reflecting on, on what the last uh, fixture was, what the last result was, and what the last 10, 12 days have been like. And uh, it's been a fairy tale start. And uh, it just, for me, it just creates a bit of hunger and an appetite for more. <laughs>
6: I bet. No doubt about it. I want to get into that, too. But I also wanted to ask, is it a bit of a relief? I mean, is there a little bit of pressure to do it at home after all of that, or or is there
7: not? Uh, You could see it early on, um, and understandably so. You could see early on, the first couple minutes uh, were a little shaky, to be fair. Um, And uh, just playing at home, you know, sometimes it's easier to play away, um, but then seeing what was going on before the game, just hearing all the whole night, the block party, you know, there was a, there was a ton of things going on. So for the players, then then we go a goal down, right? So we, we get faced a lot of adversity um, in the first half. And then before the half's up, you, all of a sudden you look again and we're 2-1 up. So great resolve from the boys and great fighting spirit. And uh, the, the fans were electric, you know. They kept going. Oh. They kept on pushing us. And uh, what an amazing moment to be part of and just truly privileged to be, to be at the at.
6: Yeah, take me back to that moment when the team first comes out of the tunnel, and ownership is there, and everybody is waiting for you. What was that feeling like?
7: Yeah, this is. There's been a few sporting moments in my career that have really stood out, and, and this is one that is is you know it, it tops uh, similar feelings when I played at a World Cup in 2002. You know, this these types of emotions and uh, just the fan the fan culture and the fan atmosphere um i think that's unparalleled in in the mls so um you know i think we've done a great job in terms of driving the product right so we had to do our business on the field and our business started a year ago right so uh we've just and we're only two games in but we've had snapshots of next next pro level you know we've we've driven those guys and pushed them to success the academy now is, is highly competitive and successful. So to see it all culminate and, and, and put it into pictures, and, and, you know, it was all words and, and philosophies and everything, but to put it into pictures now and, and just that feeling of stepping out, it actually came full circle for me. So truly, truly amazing.
6: And you stayed positive throughout before this started, and I know you heard it, the the noise from – experts who said, look, they just don't have the talent right now to compete in them. It's all great and all, but they don't have the talent. They don't have this. They don't have that. Uh, I heard it from you and the players before you played Austin that you felt confident that you could compete, that you saw the competition yeah. uh, early on. And now I'm not expecting anybody to walk back any comments necessarily, but you are 2-0. Oh. Isn't it funny how
7: expectations could end up changing here? <laughs> for you yeah i mean i think the only the only danger there is 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 expectations of ourselves you know so to to jump too far ahead of the schedule or to jump too far down the season and to try and predict and forecast so the very next uh, game is our most important game so you know while for sure um we were confident only tom because we knew exactly we had a bunch of guys who have mls experience okay we have in what we thought you know um, in our minds uh, a very hand picked squad to play a certain style in a certain model okay so now you go two matches in and uh, yeah i mean the stats uh, you know anything um, key key points key data points you're looking at it kind of gives us but we had to work to get it right so we had to put the opponent into certain moments of uh, discomfort um to to you know start the next chain of sequences so yeah we we are you know excited we we where we want to be and uh, we just now have to challenge ourselves each and every single day now and uh, yeah the biggest challenge is, is going to be playing uh, in portland on on the weekend so that's what we're preparing for now
6: well you do have some talent out there i mean klaus is really something i mean his size and his agility <laughs> He scores that goal, the third one. Gently lifts it over the goaltender after the steal, but he is really something to handle. And then Blom in the middle, also your midfielder yeah. is really special. I mean, he the, his ability to blow up tackles and, and make things happen for you. Yeah,
7: I think we have a lot of different uh, sort of characters and qualities within the group. That uh, when you put these pieces of the puzzle, and this is what you know, Lutz has done really, really well. Is is put pieces of the puzzle. Obviously, I played a role in a bunch of these signings. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, a very key one was, was Blom, which I knew is very important, like the relationship with uh, Edu Leuven, uh, with Indy Vasilev, you know, with our sixes, the way we operate and the way now that uh, Edu Löwen can explore the field. But, you know, and then you have a guy, when you get up the field, like a guy like Klaus, um, He's very unassuming, very physical, very demanding on the two centre-backs that he always comes up against, and uh, he's got a deft touch. He's got some quality in the 18, and uh, if you get him in the box, he's really a goal threat, and he's shown it from different angles now. He's shown it from over two different weeks, his kind of qualities and, and where, he can, where he can exploit the opponent.
6: Yeah, it's an exciting group of really young, hungry players. And then you have your captain, Roman Berkey, back there, and you have the one who's assisting him in that captaincy, and that's Tim Parker, who you know so well. Finally, Bradley, just the role that those two veterans play when it comes to leadership.
7: Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, leadership on the field, uh, Roman leads by doing, right? And he has a big voice in the locker room. Uh, Tim Parker, I just think he's very – yeah, intimidating, right? So he's just a big figure in the back line. He makes you—he makes himself seen, felt, heard, everything. Um, and then off the field, yeah. I mean, if you look at the back line, Jake Nowinski, Parker uh, Nelson, these guys have MLS experience. Uh, throw in Carl Hebert there, who has done an amazing job, you know, coming in and it's his first MLS season. Uh, but does not look out of place. So you just think four guys stand down, lockdown down guys. Um, we don't give much away at the moment, knock on wood. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Roman's life's been, been fairly comfortable at the back um, because of this back line, because of us defending as a unit, because of the, the team buying into to what we are trying to do. And so everyone's working their tails off. And uh, I think you're going to see a hard preseason slowly bearing dividends.
6: I'm certain that it was a fabulous weekend for you, and now you get back to work as you have Portland on Saturday. All the best to you. Safe travels out there, and congratulations on a terrific start for City.
7: Yeah, thank you to everyone supporting us, and uh, we're going to keep this going for as long as we can. And, uh, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for all the support, Tom.
4: That was Tom Ackerman with St. Louis City SC. Head coach Bradley Carnell yesterday with St. Louis City off to the 2-0 and start. They have taken six points from six. 3-2 win over Austin. 3-1 win in the home opener this past weekend over Charlotte. Heading on the road to take on Portland this weekend. And we're going to talk about everything that's been and everything that's coming for City with MLSSoccer.com's Charles Baum. When we get back, this is At Your Service on KMOX.
1: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Back on At Your
4: Service on Camo X on this Tuesday night, just past 8.30. We'll be with you until 10 o'clock. And we are joined now by Charles Bohm, MLSSoccer.com, writer, at Seabohm on Twitter. Charles, how you doing?
8: Uh, doing great. Doing great. Enjoying the first night of CockerCap Champions League uh, tonight.
4: Yeah, always gets a little bit wild. I tell you what, um, it's probably not going to be too many more wins until fans in St. Louis start talking about uh, where they might be headed in the Calf <laughs> Champions League at this <laughs> rate. Six points from Why six, not? having uh, <laughs> beaten Austin and uh, beaten Charlotte. So, Let's start. Obviously it's all positivity here, right? It's been all positivity going back months talking about getting the team and now that positivity train has not stopped with 6 points from 6. Let's try to maybe throw just a little bit of water on it and or let me see how you feel about that. If you were going to make a counter argument about city so far, it would probably be that the two teams they've beaten have combined to lose four of their five games including Austin tonight getting shocked by Veal at the Haitian side, 3-0 in that uh, first round uh, of CONCACAF Champions League uh, knockout stages happening tonight. Do those results, taken collectively, give you a little bit of concern about just how strong those six points from six really are for City?
8: No, you know, even if I had the personality uh, to, uh, to to throw a wet blanket on top of the uh, the, C- the City SC Joy, I, I would not do it because, uh, look, it's a long season, uh, expansion uh, seasons tend to be, uh, you know, statistically, like it or not, they, they they tend to be challenging, and every MLS season is a marathon. So enjoy this while you got it. Enjoy the honeymoon. Don't worry about when it's going to end or you know, or what comes after, because there probably will be hard times. There's going to be reality checks for the club, the players, the fans, everyone involved, and and that's just statistically. You know, predominant, um, but but you can worry about that when it comes. For now, uh, boy, what what a great ride it's been so far, and you can just feel. I, I think the uh, the sort of relationship building between this uh, this these players and the club and the fans that they want to connect with, and so I think that the and I've said this over and over about City, the expansion experience shows. You know, build a home field advantage. You know, cultivate a great stadium environment. Give your fans something to enjoy. Win, lose, or draw. And then you'll have that, you know, you'll have that, that fortress that you can hopefully lean on when things get tough. So, so no, all, all good vibes so far, I'd say.
4: Yeah, It's interesting, you know, to that point, I, I think everybody knew that St. Louis City coming in, we're going to have a, a very defined tactical identity compared to maybe some other clubs in part because of the amount of time that they had to prepare and also because of just how cohesive the club philosophy is from top to bottom. Everything, uh, all the coaches, all the players were handpicked with that pressing, high-intensity energy drink soccer, if you will, style in mind. What you've seen so far, because I don't think anybody disputes that, at the very least, City are not in their current iteration as talented as the top teams in MLS. Certainly, they're not nearly as experienced top to bottom as the top teams in MLS. What you've seen so far, has it been enough? to Could we make a hypothesis or how would you feel about the hypothesis that this is evidence that having that technical identity and having that commitment to it is as or more important than the top to bottom talent and experience on the roster?
8: Yeah, I think you definitely can make that make that case um, because it's a touchstone that that you know, you can sort of lean on when things get difficult. And, you know, I, I, I was actually thinking this week, I'm seeing a little bit of uh, of what I saw from Nashville when they first came into MLS with this group where, you know, you're not really sure if maybe the ceiling needs to get higher, if you want to really be, get into the quote-unquote elite. Um, and, and, you know, but that, that that's for the future. You know, it's, I think it's really a good idea. It's very very sensible to try and build a, a sturdy floor that, that is going to sort of, you know, Reduce the amount of the, the the depth of the dips when things are tough, the big question about St Louis City and specifically now and then with teams that played like they do in MLs in general is you know can you sustain that that physical output that emotional commitment over the course of the long year, especially when the games start to stack up, you get a few more injuries, you get you know tired legs, and the heat of summer starts to to set in right i mean this has sort of been a um uh, a documented phenomenon with the Red Bulls, who are sort of ground zero for the high pressing philosophy in MLS, they often have a hard time keeping up the results and, and performing at the level they want when it's you know 90 plus degrees every day. So, so I think that's a, a question to answer and a, a thing I've heard about. Uh, a doubt I've heard around uh, MLS about the city in general is the, the roster. Is there enough MLS level talent on this roster to sustain? And I don't think we really know that yet, but certainly we've seen that that top 14 or so on the roster as, at the moment they're they're competing. They're getting the results in this league.
4: Yeah. You do wonder, especially with uh, how little depth there is generally in MLS with roster restrictions. If, if city will have that mm-hmm. amount of depth, especially when the fixtures start coming a, a little bit thicker, a little bit faster uh, getting into those summer months. That leads well into one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, though, because if there are doubts based on these first couple of games, maybe it would be about quality of opponent, although I think people respect that road win in Austin. More commonly, Mm -hmm. what you'll hear is, well, they've had two goals handed to them from back passes by Mm -hmm. opposing defenders. At the same time, and you shared this in your article about the four teams off to the 2-0 starts, they forced 25 high turnovers through two matches, which is tied for with Seattle for most in MLS. Not a bad thing generally to be tied with Seattle in, in almost any category, I wouldn't think. And both of them have come toward the tail end of games in those final 15 minutes. Do you think there's anything to be said? Obviously, the Kip Keller one, it, you know, he just passes the ball right to, to Jared Stroud in Austin, and, you know, maybe Jared Stroud called for the ball, whatever, we could have that conversation. It, do you think there's anything to the idea that as an opposing center back facing this style for 90 minutes is just physically and mentally debilitating and maybe contributes to those mistakes happening late on in games in a way that makes them at least a little bit more repeatable, a little bit lucky, less lucky for City than they would be for another team?
8: Most definitely. And this is something you hear. Uh, I hear people you know who have to face these teams and then talk about when you play a high-pressing team, as much as the style has, has become a little bit more You know, in fashion in MLS, it's still not something you face on a week-to-week basis, constantly. So, so whenever you're playing a team like that, if you have to, especially if you're going to have to make a trip to City Park, let's say, and you have to sort of change your brain and shift your mentality, shift shift the way you think about the foundational principles of that game, how those 90 minutes will unfold and so there is both physical output involved with that and there's mental extra mental strain there. So I think yeah, I mean and 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 Bradley Carnell, you know, uh, alluded to that. It was funny because the the reporter in the press press conference on Saturday night asked the question jokingly about the, you know, the uh the, they passed to us in in their own box play if you guys were practicing that, right? But but he started to answer seriously with a, you know, a really interesting sort of perspective. I thought that yeah, you know, if you can take away something as simple as the back pass to your goalkeeper that everybody takes for granted, if you can get high enough and work hard enough to even put that into question, you are sort of destabilizing the foundational principles from most teams. So I think there's something to that, and I think that that's really intriguing. But but I do want to say, too, that the thing that's really impressed me and I think others about St. Louis is that then when they do get the ball, they, they've shown some composure. They can play a little bit. They've pinged it around in the final third. So I think that's the key, I think, to really making a high-press style work and being difficult to play against is if you can take advantage of the turnovers and, you know, play a little soccer and create chances.
4: We're talking to Charles Bohm of MLSsoccer.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at C. Uh, and Charles, a couple of quick ones before I let you go. I don't want to throw you under the bus, and you acknowledged it yourself, and, and I think everybody has acknowledged it pretty readily uh, of the MLS experts, but uh, in the preseason predictions... The significant majority of MLS experts picked City to finish dead last 14th in the West. And uh, the few who didn't pick them to finish 13th, second to last in the West. Let's not dwell on, oh, maybe maybe you feel like you were wrong. I guess let's, let's say this. Do you feel like you were wrong? Or the best way to put it is, if you were given a chance today to make a new pick, where do you think City finish in the West?
8: Well, you know. Uh, I, I think you could imagine um, anyone who, who's done a little bit of math and much less the you know the quant stats heads out there who 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 sort of process data at a much higher level than I can will point out that the sample size is still very small, right? So um, I, again, as I said at the start, you know, enjoy this, appreciate it um revel in it I, I do think things are going to get harder um and the reality is too the west is a very competitive uh, conference i mean you know the teams that st louis is going to have to play most often are some of the best teams in the league and so so that's another one that too you know when you, when you have to make a t- trip out to the west coast to play one of those powers like lafc or seattle you sometimes get a lesson right but you know you take one thing at a time one day at a time and then keep going i i i I have to say I kind of hate the the predictions business. Uh, I do it cuz my boss has asked me to. Um but, but anyone who tries to predict this league much less puts money on it um, is um is, is somewhat of a psychopath because it's just this is the fun of MLS is the the uh the uncertainty that you have on a on a week to week basis who's going to win, who's going to show up and how the games are going to go. So so something uh, something else to enjoy, you know. The, I I try not to overthink it and I encourage uh city fans to do the same.
4: Yeah, I think I think that's where we're all at. I think that's probably the right perspective to have at this point. Well, Charles, uh, you know, don't don't lose our the number here at KMOX because I'm sure we're going to be talking to you plenty more times. I, I could keep you for another half hour. I, I really enjoy talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much for lending uh, your expertise with us tonight.
8: Always a pleasure. You guys have a great show.
4: That's Charles Bohm of MLSsoccer.com. At C. Boehm on Twitter if you want more of his analysis, MLSsoccer.com. To read all about that six points from six, 2-0 start for St. Louis City going on the road to take on Portland over the weekend. We'll talk to one of the men who has been a part of it coming up next, Nico Joachini, striker for St. Louis City, joining us when we return. You're listening to At Your Service on KMOX. At your service on Camo X on a Tuesday night. Just past 845 local time here in St. Louis. We'll be with you until 10 o'clock tonight. Still talking a little bit of St. Louis City SC off to that uh, perfect start. Two wins from two, six points out of the six available. And uh, now it's the the highlight of the night. Nico Giacchini, striker for St. Louis City, is joining us on the phone. Nico, how you doing tonight? Hey, I'm well. How are you? I'm all right. So you got your first start in the home opener at City Park. Where I mean, you've had a, a quite a career already for somebody only 22 years old. I know you've been around and played in Europe and all of that. Where does Saturday night at City Park rank among the the coolest experiences of your career so far?
9: Oh, besides probably playing against um, Paris Saint Germain, Paris, uh, it's it's up there. It's it's either one or two, um, but I'm gonna stick with one because it was unexpectedly pleasing.
4: Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm always intrigued, and we've talked to a couple of guys who had similar uh, experiences with the, you know, a couple of weeks ago. We talked to Jared Stroud. We talked to Johnny Nelson uh, about uh, the expansion draft experience because it's one thing as a professional player to understand, you know, you could get traded in MLS to another team at any time. The expansion draft is an especially unusual one. Did you have any warning that, that your name might be in the conversation for, for coming to city at some point? And, uh, and what was it like when, uh, when that went down?
9: Um, you know, within my family we had um speculations but nothing concrete. I was actually funny enough shopping doing some clothing shopping in Paris when I received the call. So um uh it was very unexpected, um, but probably the best news of of the year for me.
4: Yeah, what's the experience been like so far since you've been in St.
9: Louis? I mean, I'm I've been actually enjoying it a lot. Um you know, I don't go out much. Even though you may hear I'm, I am at a restaurant with my family, but, um, I I'm I'm enjoying it, especially when when soccer is as well. It's 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 easier to enjoy your your environment. Um, so I'm 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 positive. It's it's been really really good, and I'm I'm excited for the future. Yeah, we
4: don't want to take you away from your dinner for too long, but to, just a, a, a couple of more quick questions for you. Um, I think it's interesting that you guys have had to start with two away games in three, but not only two away games, but two of the more difficult places to play in MLS with, with Austin already one of the more respected atmospheres around the league, even in just their third season. And then Portland obviously ha- has been a phenomenal atmosphere uh, for quite a while now in the league. What kind of challenges does that present? If any, do you enjoy playing in those kind of atmospheres, even on the road?
9: I love it. I love it. Um, this is what soccer is what soccer's all about. Um, you Play home, you have that atmosphere. You play away, it's twice as hard because you have tens of thousands of people against you. But it's when you perform in those moments when you realize you do have that mentality and um, and that that relentlessness. And you know, it's it's. I've never played in Portland, but I'm really excited to see how how that atmosphere is. Um, you know, I had played in Austin with the with the national team in the semifinal of the Gold Cup, so I I, I knew what to expect. Um, but I'm just so proud of the boys for having performed in our, our last two games. And, and um, you know, I'm positive And I know we will be able to perform in the next one as well.
4: Yeah, it's a dream start, you have to say. Not only to get the six points from six, but to score six goals in doing it. I'm not sure you could do a whole lot more to capture the attention of this area and, and how much St. Louis already loves City and how much City seemed to, to love St. Louis right back. Um, with that in mind... I think one of the things obviously you know that that everybody's been talking about is this press and how City have come in with such a clear identity to the league and that press has even turned into goals with the couple of back passes that that Jared and and Klaus have capitalized on in the first couple of games. For you as a forward, have you ever played in an environment that was asking as much of you defensively as this one under under Bradley Carnell and company? And, And if so, how have you adapted to it physically and mentally?
9: Um yes, no, I have not um been in a system of play um as intensely defensive as this one um but look, the results show, so I'm enjoying it you know as long as we press as a group um we should be able to um take down or recuperate balls in the- in the offensive sector or even in the defensive sector overall um more than possible uh so it's a system of play where it takes a lot of practice, takes a lot of discipline, a lot of discipline from every player to know their role and their importance. Because one player is off, it can it can disrupt the press. But it's something where we've we've learned to get better and better, and we're trying to master it even more as the season goes on. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's our style of play, and and it's working. So uh, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy to I'm happy to, to run and and defend for my teammates and defend for the W.
4: It's interesting. That's exactly what I was going to bring up to you next, because I think there are probably not on this roster by design, but there are plenty of players. I'm sure you've played with and against some of them, especially forwards who, when their team has 39% of possession and only completes 300 passes in a game and they aren't getting a lot of touches on the ball, they get a little bit frustrated and maybe they're not inclined to do a whole lot of running defensively. You, on the other hand, I think covered a midfielder's share of, of grass on the pitch the other night. At closing down on the goalkeeper and almost won. Uh, well, you did win the ball off of him, almost created a goal. I thought your cross was, was fantastic. And, and unfortunately, Klaus just couldn't keep the finish down. It could have easily been the opening goal. Uh, and it seems like, especially having had those two goals, Jared's in Austin and Klaus's uh, in St. Louis on Saturday night, the two goals off the errant back passes from the opposing defenders. I think a lot of people have talked about how those were good fortune. Those were good luck. It seems like maybe the press is creating those. Do you guys take special pride in in getting opposing defenders so uncomfortable that they make mistakes like that?
9: Yeah, we we our goal is to capitalize on it. Um, our goal is and here, and, even if, and even if center backs are not the the um, the players to make the mistake behind us, following us is where we are able to recuperate the ball. So, you know, we we have done that pretty well. You know, two goals off of that so far, and maybe you know we've created two or three other chances because of that. So it's something that's currently efficient, you know, obviously as long as the season goes on, it's going to be, um, you know, teams are going to start studying and this and that, but, you know, we adapt, we adapt and and so far so good. So, you know, nothing to, nothing to change there.
4: We're talking to Nico Joachini, St. Louis city striker. And uh, Nico, just one more before we let you go. We really appreciate your time uh, this evening. Obviously it's great to have two wins from two games. That right? That's the dream start. Score six goals. Everything's going great. On the other hand, now the the you know, it, the pressure sort of mounts or maybe the temptation mounts to feel a little bit too good about that and and have that distract from the from the task at hand. How have you guys managed the balance between enjoying this success, enjoying this this birth of major league soccer in St. Louis and and the love affair going on right now between this city and this club with also the task at hand, which is now going to one of the most difficult places in all of MLS to play and trying to make it three wins from three on Saturday night in Portland.
9: Well, it all comes down to mentality in your mind. Um, you set your mind in the right places. You can conquer what you want. Um, obviously it's not going to be easy. We're aware of that, but nothing's going to be easy, um, especially as an expansion team. Um, first game was not easy. Second game was not easy. Um, you know, we did go down uh, 1-0 in the first game and in the second game and still managed to come back. So at the end of the day, it's about mentality. And, um, you know, we'll leave the success. We keep the success with us, but um, we always know that there's a next game. So we can't just um, focus on our past wins. That's that's the past now. we got to focus on winning um, the next one and the next one and the next one. So um, on to the next game to Portland, and, and, uh, and, and the rest is history.
4: Well, Nico, we really appreciate you, and uh, tell your family we appreciate them as well for loaning you to us uh, for 10 minutes uh, uh, out no of worries. out of your evening uh, continued success.
9: Oh, no worries at all. It's my pleasure. Anytime.
4: That was Nico Gio- Joachini, the uh, St. Louis City striker, just 22 years old, back in his home state, born in Kansas City, raised uh, mostly... Uh, between europe and the united states and he has been back in the show me state and enjoying life with st louis city so far this season two wins from two got his first start in city red on saturday night at city park in the 3-1 win over charlotte and uh he really was a big part of that press a big part of the chaos that city were causing i think it's interesting too that point that he made about uh coming from behind in both wins that does indicate a, a, a mental toughness that maybe could be tough to develop in a, in a squad that hadn't been together. I mean, you, you can give Carolyn Kindle and the ownership group a lot of credit for providing the resources to bring in a number of these players during the course of last year and get them acclimated to St. Louis, get them playing a little bit with St. Louis City too. Did it with Roman Berkey, did it with Jao Klaus, did it with Edward Leuven. But uh, a lot of new guys, and, and they've showed a lot of togetherness so far in empowering in their way through a couple of deficits for a pair of wins. So that was Nico Joachini. Thanks so much for to him for joining us this evening on At Your Service. We're going to have some news coming your way, and we'll return to talk a little bit more St. Louis City before turning our attention to the St. Louis Battlehawks getting ready for their opener uh, this weekend in St. Louis. You're listening to At Your Service on KMOX.